Welcome to the Dark Side of Therapy. And tonight I, I'm really excited because um, my good friend Shane Faber is with me and he's pretty much a relative at this point. I mean, I've known this guy for like 15 years and um, he is transgender. And I have long wanted to talk about transgender issues as they relate to mental health. And, you know, Shane and I get together, we watch horror movies. We don't talk about this stuff, but I thought if I'm going to talk about it, uh, I want to find a safe person. And, and that's why Shane is here tonight. So it's an honor to have you here to educate me, to teach me some things I don't know. And I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for coming on and doing this. Absolutely. Not a problem. Pleasure of mine. Pleasure of all mine. So, Shane, I want to start with if, if, if a person is going to go the transgender route, is it mandated that they get mental health therapy or is that kind of old school thinking? You know, um, I've been kind of asking these questions to some of my friends because I started transitioning uh, four or five years ago. It was like right after this, um, the, the first fall I had in college, which would have been 2017. Okay. And uh, I feel like there's a lot more loopholes that I was going through. And of course, it depends on the state you're in, for sure. And and okay. even nationally or internationally. Um, I know I had to, in order to get um, hormone replacement therapy, as well as surgery, they wanted somebody to assess me to see where I was at mentally. And I think it's like they were looking for other mental illnesses that could be like in place of or causing the dysphoria, but mainly it was for like insurance companies in order to cover um, the uh, medication you would be going on. You need to be diagnosed with gender dysphoria. Okay, um, that's what I remember because that was uh, feels like a long time ago. It's for a, me. Yeah, it's an ice age, right? <laughs> I remember I came back to Bemidji after I had gotten um, hormones, but I had to go to like a specialized clinic for it. And I had already been going to counseling that was provided by the college I went to. Okay. So that was very helpful. They wrote me letters, so on and so forth. Um, but then when I came to Bemidji, after I graduated, I wanted to get um, top surgery. So I was like, so how do I go through that? Um, all overall, the whole process took me about a year. Uh, most of it was fighting with the insurance companies. But I wow. knew for sure I needed to get therapy. And that was honestly why I started therapy again here. Um and the one I started with had no no experience that I know of um, when I started with her. So it was kind of scary. <laughs> I was like, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> okay, so um, I, I, I want to ask you about that. So what you said it was scary that, that, that she didn't have the experience. Yeah, I, the fear part of it was mostly, was she going to be able to even help me? And because, because I knew... As far as I knew, she didn't have any information. Like before, I had wanted to seek out a specialized person uh, in this category because right. I know there are ones out there, but there weren't very many, and most of them you had to do like online. Um, and I didn't know how difficult that was going to be, especially when it comes to insurance companies. They're very specific about how you receive your um, mental health care. So that was a little scary, and I was very. Um, anxious to get the process going because I had heard, you know, all kinds of stories about how long it took to get um, to surgery. Like people, I had seen people struggle over three to five years to get it or one to two. Some people took six months. Like it's kind of all over the place. Um, so, and of course, yeah, opening up that uh, in Bemidji like that, a mental health 
professional that I didn't have any experience was a little frightening just because I had no idea what was going to happen and how she was going to receive me. I wonder, and you and I talked about this, you don't, you don't speak for every transgender person, but in your estimation, would you say that's a fear of a lot of transgender people when they go to a therapist and that therapist may not be prepared or enlightened? Yeah, I, um, I mean, I've talked to one of my good friends who um, was similar path as me, and they were saying they weren't as afraid because they had kind of sought them out for queer stuff originally and they knew they had a little bit of experience but they said absolutely if i knew they didn't have any experience and it was in a in that spot they were afraid about how they would receive them or um wow. just judgment i guess in general or like would they even be able to help them um and i mean i've had weird biases where people go to therapy and um uh, what do you call it? Um, it's okay. I forget stuff all the time. So anyway, yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, basically he, he if he hadn't been looking for a specific one, it was a fear of his for sure. Um, yeah. Is is it is it getting better? Do you do you do you think with um, therapists being being more informed or 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 not in your estimation? As far as I know, I think it's gotten better because uh, I've the friends I've had recently that like were transitioning, going through a similar process. I was four years ago, did it within the last two years. And it seemed like they got to things more easily. Um, and it, it like they were able to find that better access to therapists who had previous experience or knowledge. Um, one thing I did know is the person they did see didn't have any, they didn't know of any training mm-hmm. like, and, uh, the world of mental health professionals that they had gotten like for this category, I would say um, that was a, kind of important for me to ask them because I wanted to know if like, are there specialized conferences or right. trainings that people have to travel to and attend or even want to? Cause I know it's not always mandatory. Um, when my parents went to go to trainings, they didn't have to, but it was definitely helpful. Um, it's almost like recertifying your, um, I guess, information. Absolutely, and I and I think, in in terms of what you're saying, yeah, we don't get enough training, and and we don't have enough of that perpetuated, and we sort of need to, and you know, we have, we have all these other terms, you know, trauma informed. Oh goodness, that's uh, uh, I can go on and on with that, but let's right. be informed about people that are transitioning. You know, e- even if you don't believe in it, whatever, how can I be informed about this process? I think that would be so beneficial. Because I think most therapists probably don't have a clue, Shane, about what this <laughs> even is. And, um, and that's why you're here tonight. Because, again, I find the only way to make a good decision is to be educated about it. And, and that's really, again, the goal here is we, we need to be educated. Now, me personally, it sounds like a difficult journey. I, I, I can't even imagine. Um, the same with somebody that's been traumatized, you know, in a, in a different way, maybe. But again, I think every, every journey is very unique and we need to understand it at least the best we can. And that's, again, why we have people like you to kind of help us. What does this journey look like? Where are the difficulties? And uh, yeah. So so thank you again for educating me just in that little bit you talked about. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I've done thing I, I like put together packets after a couple of years of gaining all the knowledge I did because I wanted to help people I, I wanted to specifically help um, providers as well as the people going through the transitions like even around here 
in my area, it seems very like there is a community, but they're kind of like shadowed. And I am, I mean, I think the only reason I ever find any of them is because I am one of them and we kind of just are, you know, we're drawn to each other. Um, but I definitely, there's some, ad, you know, ad, not as accepting, I guess, around here. And I think there's less resources, of course. Um, it's a more rural area of Northern Minnesota. And, and luckily though, I will say living in this state, um, at least the current governor has put on um, a safety for the queer community, especially for transitioning and any of that kind of affirming care, okay. which I'm very great. So, you know, it, little locations versus large locations make a big difference for wh wherever you are. And it can definitely be, you'll have different um, obstacles. And I think a part of me was very lucky to be in Minnesota, <laughs> especially when I started this, even though we're really really started was even more rural than Bemidji it was all the way up in Ely Minnesota and that's even more north and more um I I guess just more ignorant in my opinion uh, well, up there so I was no ab absolutely and I I think we can make the argument that the bigger the place you're in probably the easier it is to find a niche or 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 right. you know folks that you can relate to so right. yeah, you you live in a very small town. You you live in a town that um, is not real diverse if if you kind of break it down. And so yeah, yeah. you found a way to exist there, which is really impressive. Yeah, there are little pockets here and there. I think, um, and um, I think it has grown more accepting over the last couple of years that I've lived here. Anyway, um, I do see more openly um, queer people or have met more openly queer people. Obviously you can't assume anything, but, right, um, right, right. Like even have our own events for, for pride. I I've seen that. And, um, I, yeah, I think we, it, it's become more apparent and the people have been able to come out more, which is, which is great. And, uh, I hope it continues. And I, I do think it's a, a little better in the mental health community. Um, the only thing, you know, I can't say that a whole lot without interviewing a bunch of people because I've been with the same two therapists for the last two, yep. two and a half years, yep, but yep, yep, yep. I, I, I will say that me being their client, I think I have been able to help them and I think they have seen other, uh, queer clients as well, which I think is good. <laughs> so, um, so you're saying you're helping the therapist again, get educated. I think. <laughs> I've had a couple that had no experience at all, and it was like a completely like new area for them. But it was well received, and I was very grateful for that. And I definitely wouldn't be here with without them. That's great. Um, they, yeah, happened to be in the, I guess the, accepting, part of part of them that helped me out for sure. And they did like a lot of work for me, writing up letters or just even talking me through things or just do whatever they could to help me. And that's the same for my friend that I kind of interviewed. He, she did a lot more research after he started questioning his gender while they were um, having sessions. And I think it helped her out as well. That's great. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really cool. And um, I was going to say, I kind of left me. <laughs> okay, it'll 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 come back to you. So, this show is really about educating new clinicians, Shane, and 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 the the, the graduates that just are getting into the field. We we want to give them the most tools we can. 
what shouldn't a therapist do with somebody that's transgender that comes to see them? What's, what's like the thing that a therapist should not do, in your opinion? It's a good question. <laughs> I'm trying to think back all the way back to when I first started. I'm sorry to um, tax your memory tonight. <laughs> no, no, no. It's probably good for me. Um, I think when I first started, I was really lost. Like I had, like it kind of came out of nowhere. I was really depressed the summer of, and I couldn't figure out why I had no idea why. And then during the fall, I think I just started looking things up um, online. Like I looked up like YouTubers or any kind of social media um, influencers that were like, that were either queer or open to it or had, had some kind of answer for me. And then I went to the counselor there and she actually did a human sexuality class as well as other like more i guess like i think they had like a women's history like it was a lot more i guess liberal open classes that she would do but she was okay. the counselor that she had switched i went to her and i don't have a whole lot of memory of all the details but we hit it off right away and i think i started to like hint at some things and we kind of went into my history of growing up um anyway she honestly um, she just would give me resources like she had me read a book about like a trans um, person and I read it and it, she was like just see like if you can relate to that give me resources but I I would say not planting like I don't know how to say it, keeping it open okay okay not steering them a specific direction because this is definitely a very individual um, journey where, where you really have to figure it out yourself and having the most resources is the, is the most important, I that's, think. That's a phenomenal point. So this, this therapist didn't right. say to you, Shane, we're going to put you into a box and throw the, <laughs> throw the techniques at you. Right. This, this became collaboration, but you got to really kind of direct it is what I'm hearing. Yeah, it was very open. Yeah. Um, and it, it was helpful that she already had some kind of knowledge about like the queer community. Mm -hmm. I think it would have been a bit different if I had gone to somebody who didn't and I um, I think that was helpful so I guess doing research or having some kind of like um, whether it be various experiences or conversations with people already in the queer community who are like um, have had all that experience of, be of starting out if that makes sense right right, right. Uh, talking to them getting to know what their life was like or how they started out what were their obstacles Therefore, you can help and assist somebody else who's already there. Um, and I've even taken upon myself to be kind of like, um, I almost call it like a mentor, like a mentor to people who started, who are starting to transition and need help with resources. That's kind of all I've ever really um, done for them. I don't really like, yeah. you know, don't tell them what's right or what's wrong, or you have to be a certain way to be gender or whatever you're identifying with because you could be non-binary but still physically transition whatever that's a, more of a personal yeah um so she never really like told me what to do necessarily i think that's important to remember i i think um, that's listen ab absolutely <laughs> yeah. so that's one of the pieces of pieces of advice again that we can we can give new therapists is don't put transgender people into a box uh, it's okay. got to be collaborative. Do some listening and 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 do some research, so you're not just going in completely cold. Yeah, and I think it's important. Um, part of that journey for me was I went and sought out other people, like the kind of the mentors I was talking about, and they helped me find other resources or just talk to them. Because my main problem was doubt. 
it it didn't seem real i was like i was struggling with doubt and i was like how do i know this is real and um like is this like a weird phase you know that kind of um stereotype right. that is phase right. yep. or maybe you're yep. just a masculine person but um all i can say is when you know you know which is the worst thing <laughs> anybody has to deal with but like I even have like a, a specific day. I remember it was almost like an epiphany and I was like, Nope, this is it. This is right. I know exactly what I want with it or how I feel about it. And, but I do think it helped to talk to other people. Um, and I've even met people who struggled with doubt for 10 years and they, they still considered them. They still identified as trans, but they were still struggling with it. it right. It's really about your journey and confirming it for yourself and how you do that. Um, it's so varied. Everybody's so different. That's the other kind of hard part, I think, when treating people. And that's why I think it's important to be as open as possible and just provide resources um, and so on. You, um, you've gotten really vulnerable tonight. And I, and I, wasn't, I, and I, and I promise you I was not going to ask you tonight, when, when did you know? But, but now, now that you brought that I to the know. surface. Yeah. I, you, yeah. I'm trying to think. It was... I believe it was December 17th of, um, I think it was 2018 or 2019. It was really, it was at least a year after college. I, cause in the beginning, I really only started off with a new name after I had figured out a name that was, that was pretty hard to do. Um, and I remember my, uh, my counselor, the, the first one I had, cause I had two different ones in college to help me through the journey. But the first one, Basically, just you know, um, just try some things out. Just ease into it. You don't. There's no pressure, and um, you have like made sure I had like a support line and like what I needed to do for friends or family, and you know it was just very ease into it. I started with a name, and then I finally had to come out for pronouns. And um, right, right. I thinking about it, I'm just so grateful for all the people that were up there that ended up helping me. Even like all my teachers. Um, it was really easy, and there, I didn't feel judged at all. It That's was awesome. pretty amazing. I didn't expect that from Ely. Um, you will find the people that are there to support you, no matter what, um, wherever you are in your journey. That's pretty incredible. Um, I think I think that's very incredible. Right, right. So it was it was like I I, remember I was talking with some family members because I was still coming out to people. Or I guess revealing myself, however you want to call it. Sure. Yeah. And I was just driving um back home after that meeting i had like at a coffee shop and it i don't know what it was but it was just a sudden feeling of confirmation or like it, that it was right i it's hard to describe it was just like a glimmer of absolutely uh, confirmation i guess yeah it was um it was pretty it was great <laughs> it was incredible you know, you know what's amazing to me about you and i think i feel i told your folks this you you are so confident in who you are I mean, it's, it's really, it's amazing to me. You know, it's like, you don't even have to challenge that. And, and I'm wondering, did, did therapy work help with that chain or do you think that's more just inborn? I think it's a little bit of both. I, cause I definitely do think a part of it has been me working on myself, but again, I really wouldn't, I wouldn't be in the, I've, I don't think I would have gotten here as fast without the support that I've had with, from my therapists and, and just my family and friends. Um, I, cause I, I don't like to like completely 
or like never give myself enough credit because that's part of the problems that I'm working on is not giving myself credit. But I do think the, the way it happened and I think it was more efficient with all that support. Um, I mean, especially for the legal and part of it was really the legal stuff. Like they really helped me out with that um, for the insurance companies and any other mental health stuff that you needed for whatever hormone therapy, the surgeries um, and other things that was extremely helpful. And if that's the only thing somebody needs from a therapist at the time of their transition, then I, I think that's okay. Um, but uh, mine definitely helped me out emotionally as well. Cause that was a lot to unravel in the very beginning. It was very overwhelming and Absolutely. I had no idea what I, what I was doing. So well, especially when you move yeah. home first time. And <laughs> so plus it's mental health. I mean, do we ever really know what we're doing? I think we, 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 we try to hit the mark, but I can make a whole case that we, we rarely know what we think we do. Yeah, I think, I, th- I think your therapy has helped you now that you told me the story. And I think it's yeah. sort of amplified who you already are. But um, I, I love that you're giving credit to so many resources, too. I think, I think that's huge. Uh, like, that's, yeah. People are, they, they can be your friends. And it's, we're all here to help each other. So, and I wish everybody thought that. But um, I definitely think we are. Like, we, we need each other. So why yeah. not help each other, regardless of the, the issue? So, um, I'm very grateful for, for everyone who's ever helped me for that, for and I, that and journey. I, and I, and I love that you're saying that. Now, Shane, I know you also inter- interviewed some friends in preparation for what we did tonight too. Um, what other pieces of information did you take from, uh, the, the friends that you talked to that we might find useful tonight? Yeah. Um, I'm the one I mentioned earlier is, did they have any kind of training, the conferences, uh, okay. um, they weren't sure if they did or not. Um, and I think about that, like, even for all the therapists that I know or my therapist, I don't believe they've ever had any training conferences um, for it specifically. I think they've met people in the queer community, but it wasn't, they didn't have an extensive knowledge. Okay. Um, I know that was a big question that I had asked them. I know... Um, there are people who specialize in it, but again, they're in like niche areas, like maybe the cities for Minnesota, or I bet there's a decent amount on the East Coast. Sure, sure. Uh, trying to think, there was something else he said. I I believe what he told me is that he also believed that it's gotten better in the community for either accepting and or helping people along with their journey. I know at some point it was stressful for him and his experience because although his therapist had had previous knowledge and such, at some point um, she wasn't getting him all of the information he needed for his surgery. There was some kind of catch up or um, thing that wasn't working. Um, And he ended up having to write all of his own support letters, all of his own things, and then she just signed it. Okay. (laughs) You know, maybe like a lack of urgency. Right. Um, Right. It's possible that some mental health professionals don't understand how um, important and um, what's the word for it? I guess serious the letters are for the insurance company. Right. Because if it's not a specific way, they won't take it. They will find any way to um, reject it because they don't want to 
provide it for whatever reason. You know, I don't, I'm not an insurance agent. I don't work for one, but that was my experience. It's like any way they could do it to avoid um, covering it, they would. <laughs> look, look, Shane, since, since I've been in private practice and I've dealt with insurance now for two years, right. yeah, uh, it's, <laughs> it, it, it could be a nightmare, a literal nightmare to navigate because it's all about you have to meet their criteria, which seem to be ever shifting. And, and so it's kind of like right. a moving target. I didn't even yeah. think about that before we met tonight uh, relative to transgender mental health, that the insurance companies are going to have all these requirements. And, and you said yeah. for you, it was about a year, I think, to get through all that. Yeah, I it was like a huge deal once I got like the phone call and it was accepted and everything like I even I don't know if this is silly, but like I have like a specific song tied to that whole journey of how I felt and how like much of a relief it was that it was going to be covered completely as well as like when I was going to do it because they're always booked months, months out um, and you have to have a certain health criteria and sometimes wait depending on the the clinician or the surgeon um and then the people have to travel out of state like it, it gets pretty intense for some people um i would say that mine was even easier than a majority of people that try to get top surgery and um and i do think it, it has changed like you said it shifted because i feel uh, uh the friend i was talking about and interviewed um it seemed like it was a little bit easier and it took less not as much time, but like for the insurance part, I shouldn't yeah. say the, yeah. I mean, he had to write his own letters. So that right, was a right, right. There, there is that. I, I mean, I reviewed them and added whatever information I could, but I, all of my counselors and therapists, um, there's three of them that all wrote me letters and, and, and stuff for it. Um, and even then they were still kind of rejected. Like it's, yeah, yeah. It, it's pretty complex. I would say I think that's the hardest part of, um, physically transitioning. Absolutely. It's like it's like a prior authorization process, except you got to yes. keep doing it over and over and over again until somebody gets it right. Right. Exactly. So yeah. I, I would say that that is the most of the struggle. And then I, I would say part of that um, struggle is going to really impact your mental health. Like it's just it feels so. I would even say like degrading and you feel dejected about like, why is this so hard to get this done? Like yeah. um, a lot of people that want to physically transition do so because they feel they have to, at least I did. I felt that I would never find any peace or comfort with myself if I didn't get this done. Like, it, you know, very close to suicidal ideation. And I knew that's very similar to a lot of my friends. Yeah. Um, it's just very, very sad. So um, I guess that would be another important piece to remember during all the letter writing, all the walking through the process with, your client it's extremely important to keep that keep in check with them about that stuff because i think that was the one of the hardest parts to emotionally um process i would say because it just feels like it's almost like the the world's rejecting you right, right. <laughs> so why is it so hard to get this done for me because i can't be at peace like this um so i mean um, I, of course, it's different for everyone, but that's kind of how I remember it. No, I, I, I feel like you just bared your soul tonight, and I'm very grateful because, like I said, Shane, these these are things that I never knew. These don't come up in conversation. That's fair. That's we, have, we, we, we have Thanksgiving dinner together, and we hang out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's, yeah, absolutely. So it's just it's interesting to me that 
as it comes out through our podcast, the, the, these are parts of you that are um, very vulnerable and, and maybe a little bit scary and very revealing, but um, you're trusting in the process. And I, I like that other people will see this because I guarantee there are people in the midst of transitioning who are scared to, to death and probably close to suicide. I think the research bears that out. Yeah. And yes, for sure. One of the words that's coming to my mind here is permission. It's, it's almost like if we give permission to people to say, yeah, it's okay that you're doing this, where I think a lot of times it's mostly about don't do this when, that is, again, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. I, yeah. I think a lot of, a lot of um, people in the community um, struggle with that because uh, if somebody else is not giving, if you feel that way, in a way, it's like a reflection of you're not giving yourself permission to be that way because it's... Right. it's, it's it makes it, your life more of a struggle in the external world. And, but most of the time, the, the real battles within, because um, especially when you can't get the things you want done, if you want to physically transition, you feel like you just can't accept that part of you. And even that is just the whole journey of itself, regardless of being right. um, transgender. But for me, it went hand in hand because I, after the things that I, I, I should say the goals that I met for myself, um, you know, reveal themselves to accepting and, and loving myself more. And maybe I never needed to do any of the physical things, but for me, that's just how it, how it went and how it happened. And either way, I'm grateful for it. Mm. And um, I would say family members and friends. Um, I went into it thinking, because I got to a point where it was all or nothing. I'm like, if you don't want to be a part of, my life with the choices I'm going to make, then um, that that's fine with me. Because <laughs> I was like, I can't live like this anymore. Like, I want to live, um, you know, peacefully with myself. And you are more than welcome to be a part of it. And it was very, very scary. No matter how much I felt people loved me, I was still afraid I was going to be rejected. And that includes um, my parents, my brother, uh, some of my best friends, and just even uh, normal acquaintances, co-workers, anyone, it, it didn't matter. Right. And for the longest time, unless I do them really well, after I got to a point of physically transitioning, um, I would hide it the best that I could. I didn't want anybody to know. It was it was because uh, I was fearful of that rejection. And um, I even had incidences where people outed me without asking or telling me. And really? I, say again? I said, really? Pete, oh, yes, yes. Okay. Um, yes. Wow. They, and I had no idea that they did that. But luckily, everyone who I was working with at the time was very um, kind and um, didn't ever say anything to me. And it wasn't a problem for them, which wouldn't matter if it was a problem for them for me. <laughs> but like, right, right, right. it, I, I don't know. I was just glad because that could be very dangerous for people. And it wasn't that person's information to share. Absolutely. Um, now, blatantly open, I will tell anyone, like, yeah. Yeah. a stranger it doesn't matter it's because I, i've gotten to the point where i love myself enough that it doesn't it's not a big deal so. i love i i love i love that you're saying that because um again the confidence just it it really pours out of you and, and that's and that's great to see and um yeah, I, yes, I, I, am reflect that. <laughs> I, I I get it. I get it. But isn't it isn't it amazing when you get to that point that you say, I, yeah. I know myself and I can love myself. And yeah. I, I wanna I wanna bring up one more quick thing, Shane, that you made me think about, which is 
Did I hear you say that you had to be ready to let some people go if if they did not support you in this? Yes, I I definitely, and I kind of have. I I did have some yeah. family members that didn't want to um, accept the reality of what I was doing or um, being either way, whatever, however you want to call it. And I essentially. I gave them a couple of like, I contacted them twice and it just wasn't working out. And then I just left it at that. And even my brother ended up talking to them and was um, not necessarily telling them off, but like, if you don't want to respect him, I don't think you should talk to him kind of thing. Right. Right. And that wasn't something I asked him to do or tell him to do. That was his own thing. And I haven't heard from him since, or from that family member um, since, but um, sometimes I do think about reigniting it and trying to see where they're at now. But honestly, I, at that point, I leave it up to the other person and I'm always open if they want to come and talk to me. It's just, you know, it's a matter of respecting each other. Um, gotcha. I don't really want to have a relationship with somebody who's not going to respect me. And I think that's important because that can create toxicity for both people. And that's yep. unhealthy and, well, you don't have to have a relationship with your family members if you don't want to, or your friends. No. Or... And, and, I, and I think, too, Shane, tell me if I'm wrong here, but it probably puts you in a position to sort of um, force an image that, that is not who you are, I would guess. For that person? Correct. Or, yeah, yeah like, if I had continued a relationship with them, it, I feel like they would project onto me what they wanted me to be and it's right. like well i mean that's more of their problem than it is mine but um yeah it just yeah there would be barriers like we wouldn't be able to be open and on the same level i guess if you want to kind of like we're being that. open tonight because we've we've um <laughs> we've been pretty yeah. transparent haven't we I, yeah i mean i try to be <laughs> no, you, and, and you and and you do and i give your parents a lot of credit uh, because yeah. I think they, they have instilled that in you. It's been just really meaningful for me to have you tonight and to use you as an educational tool, <laughs> which in a sense is what I'm doing, because I, I like your approach to all this and I like the authenticity so much and I knew I was going to get that, but it's just, it's turned out I got more than I thought I would get and which means uh, the audience is going to get more. It, it is awesome. Yeah, and I, I tell you, you are a born therapist, Shane. I mean, we all see it in you. You know <laughs> that, right? I know. But maybe one day. <laughs> maybe one day. It's 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 not my goal to uh, to put that on you. But um, again, Shane, thank you so much. Uh, this has been the Dark Side of Therapy. If you like the episode, please hit like. Please subscribe for more great content, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks so much.